So you're in Stockholm right now. Can you tell me what you're doing there? I'm doing a residency at this uh, studio called EMS, Electron Music Studio or something like that. <laughs> uh, uh, so I'm working on, um, they have a very old Bukla synthesizer over there, like a vintage Bukla. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on, uh, I don't know, new material and uh, um, material for an album and maybe some new performances as well. Oh, amazing. So do you work a lot with vintage and retro pieces of sort of uh, sonic machinery? Uh, I wish, uh, but since most of these machines are very expensive and uh, I work with hardware, as you have noticed, with like soft revolvers. Um, And so like I have to travel with a lot of gear already that is not necessarily uh, music related. So for me, it's more like a composition tool. So it's nice to have access to those machines and I have a a, a little analog synth at home, but like really my... um, I don't have that much of that type of equipment, but to be here and have the chance to work on the on the book is really amazing. And so your piece, Soft, Resol- Soft Revolvers, rather, is being presented by New Adventures in Sound Art on the upcoming concert, Generating Electro. So how does your piece fit into the theme of generation, the kinetic aspect of creating sound through movement? Well, I mean, of course, what I'm doing is very physical, and it's about um, finding interesting interaction between gesture and sound. And I guess, I think Martin Messier is also playing at that event, right? That's correct, yes. Okay, so I guess we have, like, at least we don't, ha- we don't have the same conclusion, but I think we have the same, uh, maybe, uh, initial purpose, which is, like, to find ways to present music visually and physically that are interesting. Uh, in my case, I, I am very inspired uh, by the instrumentalist movements, I guess. Mm-hmm. It sounds pretty straightforward or uh, obvious, you would say, but uh, there was really a disconnect with electronic music uh, with like all this tradition of uh, instrumental gestures. Uh, so in my case, it was a bit like uh, feeding on this tradition and finding ways to uh, put it back in electronic music context. Awesome. I noticed that too, actually, as a instrumental performer, that the sort of personal and physical, you know, uh, composer or performer being in the space is something that some electroacoustic music really misses. Um, and I know it's difficult to describe, but maybe you could describe for our listening audience the aspects of motion and movement specifically in this piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm playing with four big spinning tops that are made out of acrylic. Uh, the design is very simple. So it's like, I don't have a cone shape it's really just like big discs with handles they're about uh 25 centimeters in diameter so you can imagine like how big the objects are i have four of them on a table and i have gyroscopes inside which are sensors for the speed of rotation and all of the data is sent uh wirelessly to my computer uh via wi-fi so basically at all time i know how fast the tops are spinning and how the performance goes. I just like, you know, create soundscape depending on the speed of rotation of the tops. And um, I can do also like very idiomatic uh, scratch DJ solos on the top. That's very fun because the tops look a bit like turntables. Mm-hmm. So I have a wide variety, I would say, of like different gestures that I can play with. So this Uh, performance it features you as the performer do you often engage as a performer in your work uh most of the time so far i mean um 
uh, I did some fixed tape compositions, like just for speakers. Uh, but I was also playing a lot of guitar before, so I mean, this is the kind of same kind of setup where you perform your own music, or at least you're you're a performer. Uh, and when I started doing more performance in electronic music, it was always me on stage. Uh, not to say that it's going to be. Uh, the case in all of my performances but so far yes i have a new a new performance that i've started started to tour as well which is called a, a top c glass and in that case also it's like a solo performance and i'm on stage and i'm playing with wine glasses and breaking a lot of wine glasses okay that sounds messy and fun <laughs> very messy yes <laughs> do you find there to be a stronger sense of connection to a piece or project when there's a performative aspect even if it's not your own like do you feel more engaged with um this type of performance when there's a person on stage? Um, it really varies. Um, I guess I, I like variety in a concert or in a show. So it's nice to see how people can imagine going outside of the box. And this is what I realize in festival. Like, uh, like maybe I'm from a zapping generation, but like, you know, just a, a, <laughs> a concert of only, let's say, acousmatic music or a concert of only audiovisual screen based material, then I could like find it less interesting. But like I've seen so many um, propositions for how to rethink the audiovisual stage that, uh, yeah, I'm just like looking for, for different solutions, I guess. Okay. And as you mentioned, Soft Revolvers does involve the use of spinning tops that you've created. And I read that you are interested in the possibilities of sort of everyday and familiar objects. So what is it about these types of objects that draws you to their sound world? Mm -hmm. uh, in my case, I would say like it, it doesn't have anything to do with nostalgia. I mean, of course, there's some aspect of nostalgia that are fun about the spinning tops. Like, let's just think about the... Uh, I think it was like around the 50s that they were popular. You could pump the spinning top and then it would actually make music. So like all these relationships could come into place. But for me, it's more about like, you know, how you know, how you know the behavior of an object so well that you forget about it. Like when the tool you're using just becomes like uh, forgotten. And in the case of spinning tops, it was interesting because most people I've played with spinning tops before. So um, they could anticipate whatever I was going to do on stage and that's very interesting for me because if you're presenting new instruments it's all there's always like a conditioning period where the the, the listener um, has to understand what you're doing and how you interact with the object you're you're playing with but in this case of the spinning top I think that this like this time was like much faster because people could already know what like what the performance would be like a little bit because they they've played with spinning tops before and same thing with the wine glasses that i'm using um as i said it's less it's not necessarily to um to evoke uh like um um, everyday life situation, but more to play with this like very physical relationship that we can have with fragile objects, uh, where like we're we're afraid to break them, so we're already stressed out when we just <laughs> wear glasses almost. So it was more, I guess, for me, it's always more on the like physical behavior side of things that I'm interested in objects. And you think that there's a psychological response from the audience when you use these types of objects? I hope so. I mean, uh, in different circumstances, like, you know, people, people have told me that it made them think about different things or like, you know, they were a bit stressed because the tops were on the side of the table. But obviously, like, 
you know, what I propose is just my side of things. So uh, people in the audience do whatever they want with it. But yeah, this is my idea, like just trying to find things that will trigger physical response in the in the audience. So I heard an excerpt online of this piece, and I was given a sense of almost uh, dance music um, from the audio, but also from the visual, you know, turntables have that association now. So DJing, is this type of association something you wanted to work with in Soft Revolvers? Oh, definitely, because um, as I started to do prototypes with the spinning tops, uh, like the, the the final prototype, I realized looked really like turntables. So I wouldn't say that that idea was there from the start, but definitely I decided to work with it. So like if you think about turntables, obviously you're going to think about, uh, I don't know, hip-hop culture and dance hall con- culture. Uh, so I definitely wanted to integrate those elements um, but depending on the videos that you've seen, um, the performance is definitely, there's a narrative to it, there's a progression. And so the dance elements only come a bit uh, later on in the piece. Okay. Or sometimes okay. sometimes I'm using also dance connoted um, sounds like hand claps or like, I don't know, uh, bass drums and different synths that will sound very dancey. But then I'm playing them in a totally chaotic manner. So like it's this, I like this ambiguity between like something that will be a steady tempo and then like something completely chaotic. So I go in and out of those, uh, those states. Is that a world that you're involved with as well? Sort of DJing your dance hall music? Uh, I've never DJed, but definitely like now, especially now I play in more and more festivals uh, where it's like mostly dance music oriented. So I guess I guess I, I, I like my music to be sort of always in the in between. <laughs> but I'm like just yeah, okay, you're referencing all these cultures, but at the same time you're doing something a bit like experimental at the same time. And uh, I mean there's there's definitely a space for this kind of music, even in dance music festivals. Like obviously people won't dance throughout, but like people are really um hungry for that kind of weird experiments. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that if I went to a dance music festival and there was sort of a wacky experimental piece, I'd be really happy about it in like a pleasant surprise type of way. I was in Mutech, Mexico recently, and I saw like just an amazing performance by uh, Peter Manafelt. Uh, and like, it was that kind of thing where it was just like very experimental, very raw. And then like once in a while, he would like give you a four or four beat and then everybody was just like, yeah, you know. <laughs> I love that. And then in between, it was just like this weird, chaotic mess of amazing uh, synthy sounds, and it was like really awesome. So in that way, the um, the sort of regular dance beat becomes like a cadence, or a into the if you think of it as music, it's like sort of these arrival points where everybody in the audience, even if they don't say it, they can think, "Yay!" Yeah, sort of. But like, yeah, that's it. Like you. You, you make it, uh, you make people wait for it, you know? It's like, oh, maybe it's getting there, maybe it's getting there. And then eventually when you hear it, you're very happy. But like, yeah, it's not the only point of the music to keep a 4-4 beat, so. Of course. So um, I noticed with your piece, it seems like it's been making its way around the globe quite extensively. So what do you credit to this piece's success? Uh, um. The weird interface. I don't know. <laughs> it's um, yeah. I think like a, it's a it's a nice object uh, that uh, in the end worked out 
good on the different aspects. I think like everything is really well integrated, like the sound and the visuals and the interaction and everything. And it's just like a party, a party piece also. Like it, it makes me happy when I play it. And I think that's sort of contagious for people in the audience. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, it's a very fun piece. And uh, yeah, and I think like the coherence of all the elements is maybe like, is in part due because I did like all of the aspects. But I mean, I'm sure like, if I worked in collaboration with other people, that could be the case also. So Generating Electro is being presented by the Alliance Francaise, where your piece is being programmed alongside a work by uh, someone you mentioned earlier, Martin Messier, who you work with on origami. So how do you see your and Martin's practices being related and, and why have you worked together in the past and now? Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, it's it's a bit uh, confusing because origami was a piece that I did with Martin Marier, which is another guy. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I've never worked with Martin Messier, but uh, we've been touring a lot together because, like, um, yeah, we play in similar festivals, so we end up, like, being together a lot. But uh, Martin Messier collaborated a lot with another composer called Nicolas Bernier, and they did, like, a duo work together, so this is a bit different. Okay, sorry, my bad there. <laughs> no worries. And so does your designation as, like, a francophone artist affect your practice at all? Um. Um, I would say that like coming from Montreal affect my practice a lot. Uh, there's a lot of people in Montreal doing these kinds of performances. And I feel like more and more like people try stuff with new interfaces and different uh, stage setups. So it's like a really vivid community. I'm not sure if I'm pronunciating well. No, it's, but, it's great. But as you can imagine, like otherwise worldwide is like English, English, English. And uh, I'm not like I'm not specifically referring to my French heritage, but I feel like, you know, this, I don't know, the cultural um, uh, Montreal is very culturally uh yeah, vivid city. So I, I, I don't know if it's due to like the mix of French and English and all of these cultures, like uh, uh, collaborating together, but uh, definitely it's a really nice city for what I'm doing. So the city in Montreal has like a scene that's very welcoming to your type of practice. Yes. And also just a community where I can exchange with other people doing similar things and just like people are yeah, hungry for these kinds of things. Awesome. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. Did you want to say anything else about the piece or about the performance coming up for our listeners? Uh, I think that's it. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's just like, it's a very fun piece. So I, I, I just hope that people in Toronto would, will appreciate it also. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for talking with me, Miriam.